Studies show that friends help ward off depression. They can boost your immune system and they can lower your cholesterol. So being friends with your spouse is good for your health. It also happens to be very good for your marriage. This is Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, and our hosts are Focus President Jim Daly and psychologist Dr. Julie Slattery. Now, we do a fair number of broadcasts here about romance and uh, communication in marriage, but we don't often talk about friendship in that marital relationship. And it seems that a lot of us struggle with that. Uh, The daily routines wear us down to the point that we kind of forget just how much fun marriage used to be. And uh, honestly, that's been a little bit of a challenge for Dina and me. Now, we're going to talk about this and help you get back some of that excitement and enthusiasm and fun that you used to have. Our guests are Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott. They've been married for 27 years. They're the authors of a number of books, including The Love List and Real Relationships, and they're co-directors of the Center for Relationship Development at Seattle Pacific University. Let's go ahead now and listen in to this recorded conversation with Jim Daly, Dr. Julie Slattery, and our guests, Drs. Les and Leslie Parrott. Actually, we were friends for seven years before we got married. Yeah, I think we Dating take the cake. Friends. We dated for seven years before we actually got married. Of course, we've been married 27 now. But I think it surprised me to even think about friendship as being a centerpiece of married life. You right. know, I really thought more about the passion, thought more about the romance. I didn't really understand that sort of depth of companionship would be something I'd long for so much in marriage. How do you even define what friendship is in marriage? How is it different from romance or just doing life together? You know, I love that question because that sense of deep companionship that kind of you realize almost unselfconsciously, okay, there it is. You know, it's hard to put your finger on it. But I remember for us a moment on our honeymoon whenever it wasn't the perfectly scripted part, which was wonderful. We were on the Oregon coast and we'd plan, you know, horseback riding on the beach through the sand dunes and all this marvelous stuff. But the moment that stands out for me was the time when we discovered that the keys were locked in the rental car and we were totally stranded. And I mean, this was before cell phones and the whole thing. You say that with a bit of a smile on your face. Well, I mean, here's what happened to Les. He sprung into action, ready to be the I'm under control, you know, new husband. I've got our life worked out. And I'm like, no need for that, you know. And so you were going to go off on an heroic walk to get help. And I said, let's just do it together. We're we're buds. And we kind of took off and had to sit and wait for the locksmith. And we just kind of sat in silence. And I remember this totally contented feeling that just settled over my soul. And I thought, this is it. I am truly sharing life with my best buddy. And it was mm-hmm. more important to me than all the romance. And it was grand. But that moment was more precious to me than any of the other. She's going to make me cry, Jim. I know. I see <laughs> a tear in your eye. But it's beautiful. It's a great example of what couples should be doing. Yeah. What does the research say about couples that are friends, good friends, before they get married? Yeah, this is, this is fascinating to me. 70% of our satisfaction in marriage can be attributed to that emotional component that we would label as friendship. Now, is that more for women or for men this or both? Both sides of the equation. So it it overrides all of the romance and all of the passion, the physical intimacy. If you don't have that kind of support of friendship that is lifting up this relationship together, man, you're feeling like we're kind of just disconnected here. I got to press you a little because it doesn't sound like it rings true that that would be more important than romance. Is that well, spoken uh, as a man? Well, <laughs> perhaps. I mean, yeah, we have I mean, our I gender biases. Yeah, I heard that biases. in your question because you think as women we do lean into our friendships a little more and sort of that communication side and kind of, you know, design our lives with that network 
of, of relationship. But the truth is, I mean, it's pretty astonishing when you look at what accounts for the, the deepest sense of marital bliss, and it really is that rock-solid friendship. Yeah, and this is a, a Gallup study yeah. that was done. This wasn't just a little tiny study. It's Gallup's some, a leading researcher. Absolutely, mm. yeah. I could see how that correlates. I, even as I look past my 17 years of marriage with Mike, the times that were really good were the times that we just liked being with each other. We liked yeah. doing things together. We enjoyed each other's company. And those rough spots are when we don't like being together, where it just seems like there's conflict. We're not connecting. The romance is kind of more the icing on the cake. That friendship really yeah. is core. Yeah, you take uh, friendship out of the equation, and suddenly you're roommates. You're not soulmates. You're just walking through life and doing the activities that it requires of you. But what about the fun? What about the connection? What about the intimacy that grows out of a sense of you know me and I know you like nobody else on the planet? Well, man, when you can walk through life with somebody that is hand in hand with you in that sense, life doesn't get any sweeter. Well, I liked what you said, too, about when we're sharing life, when we're doing things together, because sharing activities is a huge yeah. piece of that friendship. That's a great point. And this is so true. Talk about a gender difference here, because <laughs> most women, really, this is tough for a lot of women to hear, but men will connect with you at that friendship level when you are sharing an activity. Now, for women, it's not the case. I mean, you know. Sit and talk. Yeah, yeah, just go out to Coffee. Starbucks. And guys don't like to sit. Yeah. I like to say coffee is my love language, you know, yeah. because that seems to be the context for conversation, but not so for a guy. And two, two guys don't call up each other and go, hey, you want to get together and talk? Have, have yeah. coffee. <laughs> <laughs> right. We want to go play tennis, go play golf, go to a movie, whatever it is, we're going to go do something. And it's in the context of that activity that we really join our spirits, especially as husband and wife. Yeah, that is emotionally bonding for a guy to share an experience. And when you can be in the group, I know for us, I mean, one of the, the simple and most profound things we share are just adventure walks. Like yeah. when our kids go back to school, if we can carve out a couple hours in a day and we'll just take off and explore new terrain, we yeah. love that. It's nothing, but it's such a shared And it's activity. in the context of doing that activity right. that I will tend to probably open up more than just sitting down at a table and saying, hey, let's talk. If yeah. he will be emotionally vulnerable, that's where it is. Yeah. <laughs> and how intentional did you have to be in that regard? Because I, for Gene and I, to be honest, I mean, we are really busy. And we've got two little boys, 9 11, and... They go off to school, but Jean has a lot to do in the time that they're away, and I get home, and now we're tired, and I play a board game with them, and, you know, now it's, do you want to yeah. talk? Hey, you know what? i got to do the laundry. Right. Uh, what do you suggest? I mean, what are some intentional ways to carve out that time? Yeah, Jean has actually asked us to help you with this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why right. we're doing this show, yeah. right? <laughs> it's an intervention. All right, no, thanks a lot. I mean, no, I... She's my sister. I feel that. <laughs> Seriously, I feel that's exactly what life is like. And that's why, you know, one of, one of the most surprising things that happened to us in a research project we were a part of on friendship, it, you know, we looked at what are the qualities, the number one qualities in a great friend. And it really surprised us. And yet intuitively, you know it. The number one quality of a great friend is they make time for me. Mm. And I think it's hard for us to do that in marriage. And, and I think in part, that's why the friendship slips away, you know, to set the clock for each other, that is a huge challenge Yeah, because for us. we already have the time together. Because we happen to be under the same roof, well, we have time together. Sort of assumed. That's very different than having intentional time as two friends that get together. Mm. Right. You're talking about how important friendship is in marriage. What about the person who doesn't have a friendship in their marriage and they're feeling that loss? They'd like to be with their husband or their wife and be having fun and laughing and enjoying life together. And marriage is not satisfying because that's been gone for a while. And We're, there might be resentment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For not having yeah. that depth of relationship. 
well, here's the good news. You can do something about this. This isn't something like, well, well, that's the way it is. No, no, no. You can actually take some proactive steps to increase that level of friendship in your relationship. Well, and one of the things you mentioned, and it's almost um, paradoxical to that grief you feel when you feel sort of that creeping distance between you and your spouse and think, man, we're just not clicking, you know, but... And by the way, I got to interrupt you for okay. a second. This happens... <laughs> is well, that okay? Are you guys friendly? <laughs> <laughs> I just got to say, this is not just for a couple that's down and out. This happens with couples that are thriving and right. doing well, and you go through a season and it's like, wow, mm-hmm. we haven't connected in yeah, a long time. Yeah, where did time. you go, you yeah. know? Time steals. But, you know, I'm thinking about the power of of shared laughter because you talked about, you know, I'm I'm missing out on that. One of the things that we really have learned is that you can be very strategic about creating and cultivating some playful moments in married life where you bring the laughter in. And that is one of the best ways to ignite some friendship. Yeah, to really be intentional about that. In fact, years ago, we wrote a book with Focus on the Family called The Love List. And we have a chapter in there on laughter, cultivating laughter together on a daily basis as a couple, like a daily vitamin. Make sure you're, you're bringing laughter into this relationship. And we probably get more response on that than just about anything mm. that we've written in a long time. Now, because, what, uh, let me yeah. ask you, though, with temperaments, and I don't mean to generalize, but I'm going to generalize, so I'm sorry. Yeah. But, you know, with a person who has uh, maybe a more of an accounting orientation. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, no stereotyping. No stereotyping yeah. here. But, you know, somebody that, you know, humor is not necessarily gift. Um, they may not appreciate it, they may not understand it. How does that, probably husband, <laughs> how does he find and cultivate not that? Not necessarily. I see that in both okay. genders. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we'll I, get the mail, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the funny CFO is going to write the letter. <laughs> uh, the, the, actually, it's, it's very simple. You've got to study your spouse's funny bone because everybody oh, has good. a sense of humor. But you've got to study that and intentionally look out for ways to bring laughter Right, and to feed it. Too. I mean, some people are very cerebral, you know, and others like, you know, the Three Stooges or whatever. That's some a people... much nicer way to say that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> some people like the practical joke, you know, or it might even just be that you watch a sitcom and there was a line that struck a funny bone and you remember to bring that line up a couple days later because... It's a shared moment that will make them laugh you know, again. Sometimes when we're doing a live marriage seminar someplace, we'll ask people, hey, take 30 seconds and just identify the last time you guys had a really good laugh together. And then we ask anybody willing to share this. And it's, you know, a pretty big group most of the time and a few brave souls will raise their hands. And invariably what they will share is hysterical to them and nobody else laughs. laughs. It's just not funny to anybody. And they don't really care. Yeah, <laughs> no. And they don't. And They're it's, thrilled. It's because everybody has a unique funny bone. But speak to the person, the couple that's listening. They may not have laughed in the last year, three right. years, five years. What can they do right now to turn that around? That's hopeless, Jim. You can't do anything <laughs> if you haven't done that. Okay. <laughs> no, it's not, a, it's not hopeless at all. I would just say it again to really study each other. What, what is it that makes your, your spouse laugh? Think about the last time you really did have a good laugh together. And why did that happen? What was it that brought that about? Well, and if you're like me, you know, I'm the kind of a spouse that Les just creates material in his daily life. I just love it. <laughs> if he can come home and bring me a story where, I don't know, something went wrong and he kind of ended Anytime up... I was embarrassed, she thinks that's the most <laughs> hilarious thing. Anytime I look like a, you know... That's all it takes. Well, here's the <laughs> test, because I remember you shared this story with me, and I'd like you to share it with our friends. Uh-oh, what's uh, this? When you were driving back from, yes. I think it was the college you were teaching at, and you had a little incident. <laughs> it was more than Please an incident. Please do share this yeah. story. I'm so glad I can put this on broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll talk about how you drive motorcycles. Okay, after good. This. Okay, but, that's uh, fair. So I was driving. We were leaving the university after teaching our right. relationship class you know, about 8 o'clock at night, something it like that. It was dark. 
dark and late. And because of our schedules, we were in two different cars. And so I was behind her and I thought, well, I want to beat her home. You know, this isn't, <laughs> okay. she shouldn't uh, be the first one to arrive. And, and so let I, me just say, we parked in different places. I was totally unaware he was even behind me. I, yeah. I was just getting home safely. So anyway, we're coming down a common road and there's just five minutes between our house and the university. And so I'm coming up behind her and I'm thinking, oh, there she is, you know, and, and there's nobody else on the road and, and it's kind of late. And, and so I literally, I look down for a moment to see what time it is on the, the dashboard. I look up, she is at a, just a complete dead stop in the middle of this road with no other cars. And apparently a pedestrian had darted out in front of you, right? right? slammed on your brakes and I didn't have enough time and I of course hit my brakes but not in time boom smashed <laughs> in to oh, the back end smashed. of her jeep <laughs> yes and I had a brand new car by now the way she doesn't know at this point <laughs> who hit you right I am totally no it's dark I was just grateful I didn't hit the pedestrian you know and so but I'm disoriented my cell phone's gone flying I'm looking for it I'm thinking I don't know if I want to talk to anyone you know who's coming up behind Lock me your doors. I'm going to call yeah. my husband and then suddenly he appears in my window. And she's, she's looking for her phone and trying to get on the phone. And I open, she rolls down the window and she said, did you see that guy hit me? Oh, no. <laughs> I said, I'm the guy. Oh. <laughs> and did you guys laugh at that moment? <laughs> no. Not quite yet. No, I can just yet. imagine what that call to the insurance company was like. <laughs> Surprisingly, they said it happens more than you might guess. Really? But, yeah, uh, I feel yeah. like I was a good company hearing yeah. that. But truly, you know, depending on the playfulness of your relationship, sometimes the most difficult moments you've shared do become some of paradoxically the most playful moments in your future. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Sometimes that's almost the price you pay for a deeper level of intimacy right. and friendship together as a husband and wife. Man, you kind of look back. I remember that my parents celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary and we were at this round table at this restaurant and we said, what do you guys remember about the last 50 years of marriage? And uh, they said, well, man, remember back in this time when things weren't going so well, but we made it through that. And it was almost like they didn't give each other high fives. You know, they're not of that generation, but it was kind of like we made it through this together. Mm -hmm. And good friends do that. You right. know, we help each other. There's iron sharpens iron. We help each other through this process. There's uh, times in a marriage when it doesn't go well. Couples are struggling. They're That's not right. communicating. They're overworked. They're stressed perhaps, or whatever's occurring in their life. I can remember a time like that for Jean and I. We hadn't been married that long, and it seems that it always revolves around brushing my teeth for some reason. Interesting. <laughs> so I'm brushing my teeth, <laughs> and we had had a little disagreement, and uh, I remember saying to Jean, I, I was trying to give a little time for, you know, warm up and let that little issue pass, and then I said, you know what, I just, I love you. And she goes, well, I love you too, but right now I don't like you. <laughs> That's, right. That can be normal and not unhealthy. Well, right. and friends can tell each other the truth. Honestly, when you've got that undergirding friendship, you know, you can handle that with some resilience. And by the way, you said, you know, the number one quality that people say is important in a friendship is that making time right. together. Number two is loyalty, mm -hmm. that this person will stick with me even when times are tough. Yeah, you know, they've got my back even if I've part of what's created the stress we're going through right now, they're going to stand with me. That's a loyal friend. Mm. There's a little bit of a disconnect with what you're talking about, perhaps, to somebody's listening. You're talking about cultivating laughter and friendship. And I think a lot of times we think of those two things as things that either are there or not. Mm. You either laugh because something's funny or yeah. you're serious, or you either feel like you want to hang out together or you really don't like each other. What can you do that's intentional that will result in 
playfulness that will result in just having a good time together when that's not happened naturally. You know, sometimes that's just simply reviewing your history together, going back to that time, because that's what got you together in the first place. There was chemistry. There was a connection there that you couldn't describe. But, man, I want you in my life and vice versa, and there is that friendship element. So to revisit that can be a valuable step. I love that. But I love your question because I think it is at the heart of how we approach married life. I mean, do we just sit around and wait for the funny to find us? Mm -hmm. Or do we think, man, you know, I can actually cultivate this. You know, Mm -hmm. same with friendship. Do we sit around and wait for those moments of intimacy to just be revealed? Or do we think... I can really take steps. And I think the good news is you can really take steps to generate an authentic friendship. I mean, it really is based on decisions you make, like, you know, setting your clock to each other and planning to share experiences, those activities that unfold. That's when you start to reconnect. Did you guys go through a period of time? I would guess that you have after 27 years of marriage where you just weren't friends. You didn't like hanging out and you had to be intentional about of rekindling that friendship and that playfulness. Of course. Every couple has those moments, and you spend more than two decades together. You're going to have so many you can't count, Well, and a lot of them happen because of life circumstances. One particularly demanding season for us, we we happened to have a a micropremie, and he had extraordinary medical needs and was in the hospital for several months and had multiple surgeries and, you know, came home and had just a lot of extreme circumstances and our lives got very separate because Les was on the road. We had traveled together up to that point and now I'm home with the baby. And so speaking engagements. Yeah, so our lives begin to separate, not because we chose it, it's just we had to respond. And so I think you go through that and you you really have to, you know, I love sometimes if you're, if you've ever seen the signs from like London where it says, mind the gap. I love that. You really do have to mind the gap. That's just sort of that creeping separateness that happens. And the hard thing is you don't really feel like choosing time together because you're not connected. But once you've chosen it, it's so synergistic that it just starts to build. Yeah. And here's what we know from research on this, too. It's so interesting. It's got to be novel because if you're spending time together... That is just routine. Oh, we go to a dinner and a movie, and so now we're friends. It doesn't work that way. If that's kind of just your routine, you've got to break out of that routine. So when Leslie and I feel, boy, you know, we could really benefit from a deeper level of connection, we go do something that we've never done before. Something out of the box. And the research has shown this. Even, it's so funny, Jim, they did this experiment with guys and their spouses, and they would have them crawl through this obstacle course. <laughs> and it was just like less than five minutes, mm-hmm. right? Sounds kind of strange, I Perfect. know. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was their date. And they would come home from that going, that was like fun, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like we did a trampoline or whatever, you know, it's just crazy. Hey, Leslie, talking to guys, though, I think guys can become very complacent in their relationship with their wives. And uh, it's a funny line, but people will say, yeah, he told me he loved me when we got married. Right. Um, you know, we laugh about that. But some couples are in that spot. It's where the man is not initiating. He's not taking any initiative mm-hmm. to do these things. And he's quite comfortable. I mean, I come home. I work hard for you. I'm a good provider. I can hear all those things being said. That's maybe half the battle here, right? Right, right. What What can you say to uh, those of us that fall into that category? <laughs> well, we all do as men from time to time. We, we just simply are not as intentional about a relationship as women tend to be. And that can be in parenting. It can be in marriage. It can be in friendship. Lots of things. But if you will do this, and I'm speaking to that man out there that's going, ooh, maybe that's kind of touching on a nerve there for me. I would just encourage him to do one thing, very simple, it can be painless, but he will be amazed to discover 
with the power, the impact of something so simple as writing a little note. And I'm talking about three sentences just to rekindle that. And uh, don't do it on an email. Don't do it on a text. You, you can if you want. But just do something that she's not expecting. That If you will do that, just sometime in the next 24 hours, I promise you, you will see a return. I don't remember who wrote that song and sang that song, but, you know, if it's violin she loves, uh, let them play, you know, find 1,000 ways. And, and, and do, you, do you remember that song? Was that Stevie Wonder? No, it wasn't Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I know that. I don't know, but let's but, all nod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's the point is just find something you know is going to connect with her. Just do it. Just yeah. do, I promise you you'll find positive results. Well, Leslie, how about from the girl's perspective? What can a wife do? One simple thing to reconnect. You know, this is where I'm going to hit that theme hard, just understanding the power of a shared activity. Because I think as women, we just so long for the conversation. And we don't have energy to go do things with someone because we don't even think they're our friend until we've had great talking, you know. So for me to understand, for that to happen, I've got to put some energy into sharing something less loves. And it you know, whether it's just riding around in the golf cart when he's out shooting balls or whatever it is, so that I invest myself in an experience we share. And that activity really does generate that friendship. Uh, now, Julie, Les and Leslie have been pretty vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's a few things that you and Mike have done. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we do have a lot of shared activities. Once we did an adventure race together, uh, and that was a real bonding experience. I don't know. I didn't want to do it again. But, Leslie, you mentioned riding around in a golf cart. The last time I rode around in a golf cart with my husband, he was reaching down to pick up a ball. Like, he didn't want the cart to stop. He was trying to be kind of macho in this. And so, the ball was on the ground. Right. Okay. So he's swinging around, and he's driving while he's doing this. He takes a sharp turn, and as he leans over to pick up the ball – his club pokes me, and I fell out of the cart. <laughs> so, and he keeps going, and like uh, 30 seconds later, he looks over. He's like, where's my wife? <laughs> so I haven't done that one again. It wasn't quite the shared activity you envisioned. No, but we used to laugh about it, right. so I guess that's For the good. legal team, we want to say, don't try that at home. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and Leslie, uh, as you look at marriage now from 27 years in perspective, uh, what are some of those key things to maintain your relationship? You've given us a couple of samples, but deeply, what what do we need to remember? What can we do to really express that in a way that uh, both a husband and a wife can feel it? You know, I think one thing that most of us don't do years into a marriage is celebrate our successes. And, uh, you know, good friends do that for each other and remind each other of things they've accomplished. And when you do that as a team, something that Man, like Leslie, just even talking about our little John, and I know we've talked about it on the broadcast before and the journey that he had uh, as this little preemie and and just the suffering and surgeries and all that went through. When we recount that, I mean, we can get right back to that moment of being on the edge of tears that was something that happened 13 years ago for us. Mm -hmm. But when you look back on that, and we know, we know just as professionals that a lot of couples don't make it through those times. That sometimes is a real fracture point for couples. Mm -hmm. But when we look back on that as a couple and can celebrate that, and even to this day, I'm thinking of a conversation the last 24 hours that we had, and we're talking about John and school and the struggle he's having, and she's going, but man, think of the distance that we've come with this little guy. Whoa, Mm. that's friendship. That friendship has lasted, and it's taken us through, and it will continue to take us through. So in perspective, he's doing pretty good. He's doing great. We have nothing to complain about. We complain, but we have nothing (laughs) to complain about. That is so good to hear. Doctors Les and Leslie Parrott, that that was a fast half hour. (laughs) But we want to say thank you for being here at Focus on the Family, for talking to us about the importance of friendship in our romance with our spouses. Great reminders. Thanks so much. Good to be with you as always. Our pleasure. 
some great wisdom there from Dr. Les Parrott and his wife, Dr. Leslie Parrott. And I've got to say, I can understand what they're talking about. We've kind of shepherded our son through some difficult times, and that's brought us closer together. It's good to remember those milestones, and I think I'm going to uh, try to do that here in the next day or two with Dina. Our program today was provided by Focus on the Family, and on behalf of Jim Daly, Dr. Julie Slattery, and the entire team here, thanks for listening in. I'm John Fuller. I hope you've enjoyed this program and its emphasis on friendship and marriage. One of the ideas was to study what makes each other laugh and do those things frequently. The resource we want to recommend is by Mark Gungor and called Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. We have details about that and a link to an article about 12 steps to a deeper friendship with your spouse when you stop by safamily.co.za. And I'll remind you that when you contact Focus on the Family for these resources, you're participating in this ministry. Your help allows us to reach out to families, to strengthen marriages, and provide trusted parenting advice to those who are dealing with challenging kids or teens. We want to come alongside and offer whatever help we can. Another way you can assist us in that mission is to become a monthly partner with us. And your regular prayer and financial support allows us to continue to do the work we do and to reach in and be used of God to impact families. And you can learn more about a monthly partnership opportunity when you get in touch or when you're online. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Graham Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, hoping that you'll join us next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.